from right from when I started this show, right, about nine months ago, and in some of the earlier episodes, I said, look, if BCH can avoid any kind of fork drama, like you said, you know, with split with BSV, or then with BCHA, or the original one with BDC, all of those things have a huge cost. And I think they were a cost worth paying for the change in the community afterwards. But there is definitely a, a cost in terms of people's morale, in terms of the ability to launch new projects, uh, all those kind of things, right? In terms of the community's ability to focus on positive progress rather than sort of fighting amongst themselves. And we can see now that the, you know, things when I said six or nine months ago that the scene will really start to to flourish if if kind of left alone with everyone on the same page. We're, we're beginning to see that, right? We've just seen the transactions has been going up. The Senate in USD has grown massively since the start of the year and very consistently as well too. Um, smart BCH we've had recently. That's huge. That's going on. Now we've got this uh, BCH bull. We've got the myth busting challenge that I talked about. But then also on the next slide, this next project as well, the bit balancer. Uh, so all of these things are, are really just, and they're all, you know, independent, but of course they all interoperate and it just goes to show that that given time uh, to, to work its magic, you know, capitalism and free innovation uh, works. It just needs to be that the community is not busy fighting itself. So I'm super, super excited about that. And I think we'll, we'll only see more and more of this um, over the next six months and over the next 24 months, essentially in, in 2022 and, and 2023. Hello and welcome back to the Bitcoin Cash podcast following Bitcoin Cash on its rise to global reserve currency. Today is Saturday the 9th of October 2021 uh, episode number 30. This one's called Maximalism and BCH vs XRG feat Carol Leho. Trufskovsky. <laughs> I probably messed that up, but uh, not 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 bad. A, a solid attempt. Uh, he is the uh, founder of the cryptocurrency XRG Ergon, uh, which we're going to be talking about uh, in detail. And also, I'm pretty sure a pretty uh, big Bitcoin Cash fan. So, well, welcome to the show. Introduce yourself, and uh, how did you come to found the coin? And and how long have you been in cryptocurrency? How how did you get into it? So I'm uh, Karol Szyszczkowski, uh, known as Licho. Uh, that's my <laughs> stage name, <laughs> right? So uh, I actually uh, had my uh, eyes on Bitcoin since 2013, but never bought nice. at the time. Uh, I had a friend uh, on, on the first year of, um, of uh, university, uh, who was uh, really passionate into it, but uh, I was suspicious and it wasn't like, uh, it was like, I don't know what it is, but but yeah, I had my eyes on, on this, uh, um, slowly uh, growing on me. Uh, and then finally, a few years later, I bought, um, it was probably early 2017. I bought it, but we uh, bought BTC, but, with uh, keeping in mind that I'm not here for speculation, I will spend it because I want the freedom. Mm. And then I, then I finally bought some uh, uh, dumplings. It was the, uh, the, <laughs> dump, I, I bought dumplings with Bitcoin BTC and pay 
like a huge, uh, huge uh, transaction fee. And I was like, it must have been the payment processor. They, they scammed me like hell. What, what? What the hell? It wasn't what I uh, what I expect uh, what I expected to be, uh, and um, yeah, and then I I actually forgot about it. Uh, I've heard some rumors that there's a, there's some forking or something. I, I never followed that. And then I had those uh, coins. Mm, I had those coins uh, left, and and the December two thousand seventeen. Uh, Christmas, I wanted to gift uh, those remaining Bitcoins that grew quite a lot to my uh, uh, to my friend. Uh, I sent it and it was stuck for two or three months. Uh, and then I learned actually what the hell happened. <laughs> and that, that's how I got into Bitcoin Cash. And, uh, and since then I was like... Um, participating uh, in the com- community at all. Uh, later, there was the hash war. And during the hash war, there were a lot of technical discussions, there technical debates, and I actually learned quite deeply what it all, under- uh, what it, what it, uh, what, uh, what's, uh, how the technology works. Well, to, to be able to argue with people, right? So, um I learned how it worked. Um, stood my uh, ground on the on the um, on the back then it was the ABC side, um, and learned uh, what is the opcode, the new opcode uh, check data seek um, about, what is what it is for, and that actually resulted a few months later in a. In, in smart contracts with thir- first uh, actually working covenant smart contracts. So I made those. I made Last Will and Mecenas. Those are uh, in the form of plugins to Electron Cash, everyone's favorite wallet. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, that's the later. I, yeah, and and that's that's how I got like <laughs> recognition in the in the community that I made those things. Um. Yeah, and later, uh, well, yeah, I worked on some stuff like like uh, interwallet transfer plugin to uh, preserve your um, uh, privacy uh, after you shuffle uh, stuff. Uh, yeah, I was on the uh, Bitcoin Cash City conference uh, later. Uh, so yeah, stuff like this. Uh, yeah. th- that's what I did, and 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 later. Mm, I started my uh, my <laughs> like my my another another project. I forked uh, Bitcoin, created uh, a new cr- cryptocurrency, uh, Ergon, um, that would solve stuff. That well, maybe we'll talk about it later. Yeah, yeah, we would we'll do a full uh, analysis uh, at the end, but it's kind of interesting, actually. Uh, I really enjoy when I have every different guest on the show, and they all have slightly different uh, takes on on cryptocurrency because it's always different. At what point you came in, some people like you, you know, you were sort of there a little bit, and you sort of had the idea, but then you came back later, and it's really uh, great to hear that. Obviously, you figured out Bitcoin Cash because you you just used it, and you were just like. Okay, I'm here for a currency. I tried yeah. using it. It sucked. 
oh, it was meant to be like this. And that's, yeah. you know, that, that's really where, um, you know, so many people that are on the BTC side, you wonder what, what are they doing? Have they read the white paper? Have they tried sending it anywhere? Have they tried buying some dumplings? Great, great first purchase. Mine, my <laughs> first purchase was a sandwich. So food is always a good one. Um, and like it just just those simple things uh, that it, as soon as you do that, it's pretty hard to argue whether you know BDC or BCH if you if you've done anything other than just stick it in a in a cold wallet, you know. So they or, or they, keep it on they, the exchange. Exactly, exactly. Everyone with their Coinbase like uh, hodler accounts, right? So we got to just quickly cover off uh, some podcast news that I have this week. So I am going to be a Christmas elf, which I've never been before. So that's good news. The Riva BCH team is running this uh, myth busting 2021 challenge. They've done this for the last three years. Uh, I'd never heard of it uh, before because I've been a bit out of the scene. But they said to me, "Hey, do you want to be involved in this?" And I said, "Yeah." looks awesome so basically uh people in the community can write articles that are you know dismantling the misinformation and the myths around bch and then uh the community can vote by uh upvoting and uh tipping those articles and then they have i guess the sort of panel of these 12 um people you know who they're sort of reaching out to and who are going to also have votes so it's with slp so i've got a 500 of these myth tokens and uh when you know everybody's written up the articles i'm gonna be able to send out to the ones that i like uh and then the people who get the most votes uh get uh the winner gets three bch second is two bch and third is one bch so that's a pretty substantial prize for just writing uh writing up an article but it's gonna have to be good because uh the you know i mean i'm one of the judges and the, the existing pool of judges i think there's about six at the moment all they're all of you know people i would consider they they know their stuff they know what uh bch is about so it's definitely going to be uh you know heavy heavy competition uh for the votes but anybody who even gets a little bit of these myth tokens since we can just distribute them around to as many people there's also a three bch sort of crowd pool as well that goes out to people so you know, and anybody can take a look at the the link on this uh, slide, or just Google it: read.cash Riva BCH Myth Busting Challenge, uh, and maybe think about writing an article because uh, definitely, you know, great great community uh, initiative, and you've got a couple months to do that, and <laughs> you can make money. It's as simple as that. Everyone uh, everyone loves money, right? So I don't know. Do you, do you have uh, have you actually have you been in that competition, or have you you know seen that in the previous years? I've seen that. Yeah, uh, I remember. I remember uh, there were articles. I, I think by Tom Zander. I, I think mm. was, I, I read articles that had this big myth busting uh, on them. I, so I've heard about it. I didn't know that there there's a team behind it. I didn't know that that's like more organized. I thought that someone just announced competition mm. and, and and that's it. But it looks great. Looks yeah. great. Pretty cool. Yeah, pretty cool. Fun. <laughs> from the uh the community i love these sort of initiatives all right so we've got the price uh today we're not going to spend forever on this uh i usually try not to but it kind of drags on a bit sometimes six hundred and fourteen dollars and 41 cents us uh one bdc buys 89.6 bch so a bit down on the ratio but bch has been having uh is in a close pack really at the moment litecoin algorand wrapped bch and shiba inu rocketing up this week then crashing down the usual uh suspects 
making a quick appearance uh, and then, you know, uh, falling by the wayside. Uh, how much do you follow the the price and how much do you sort of care about that uh, volatility aspect? Obviously, uh, we'll, we'll get to some of that with XRG as well. Well, um, I definitely check that every day, um, habit, right? So that's, that's uh, not that I care too much. I don't, uh, I don't like, uh, I don't live it through, I, I, well, I earned most of my Bitcoins uh, when it was 300. <laughs> so I'm <laughs> nice. still, I'm still okay. Right. So maybe, maybe it's sometimes like hurts a little, but, 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 but not, not very hard. Um, well, majority, major, majority of what I have of my wealth, <laughs> right. Is in Bitcoin cash actually right now. So those swings are like, well, I'm three times more rich. Well, I'm three times less rich. Than... <laughs> yeah, my, my, uh... yeah. That's that, that's, uh... But but I don't know. I I think I got used to it. Fifty uh, percent uh, Friday. Yeah, that's uh... right. But yeah, that, that, that's. Uh, I I hope it will be back to uh, where it was or higher. Right. So, yeah. So for me personally, it's uh, I got used to it, but uh, mm, yeah, my dad uh, bought uh, a little bit uh, of Bitcoin Cash uh, when when there was this fifty percent crash uh, from I think one thousand five hundred something like this, and he bought at eight hundred. Mm. Still down, but he got. Uh, but uh, he. Uh, but it, it's it's a small amount, and then it crashed even more. And I I've seen how, how he struggles with, with it, and it's uh, <laughs> not not very good. <laughs> yeah, it's just a natural process that you have to sort of go through. Of everybody has to be just. It's exposure therapy, literally. Just the price goes up and down, and I mean everybody's different, right? They have different finances and different personality types as well as to how addicted to it they get. But the reality is just after. It, a couple of months or a couple of years, you just, you just phase it out and you just, you just forget about it. So uh, yeah, good, good, good to hear that. Um, now we've got the transactions. So there's actually been a bit of a surge in the last couple of days. BCH has been slowly building up since July. I, I think it's been this really interesting story where we had the transactions went over BDC with noise.cash sending out 0.1 cent to everyone all the time. Then they started batching up tips, which was great because it reduced the on-chain, you know, uh, action, but there was still as much economic activity. And then it's been slowly rising up again from about 50 or 60,000 transactions up to 100,000 transactions. And in the last two days, it's rocketing up to 140,000. So I've I've been looking at the scene and trying to find a reason uh, for it. Uh, Who knows what, what it could be, but there's no obvious candidates so are we seeing just maybe another bit of a surge in in momentum or uh do you have any ideas have you do you know where these transactions are coming from or any thoughts no 
No. Okay. All right. Well, like that, that's, the, you know, that's part of the mystery of the whole thing, right? Is we can see the on-chain analytics, which is great because it's objective evidence, but uh, deciphering it <laughs> is often the hard uh, part. But I mean, I think it is really just a case that given time and the BCH community being more on the same page and more productive instead of fighting over these kind of fork wars, that that it's going to start building momentum, right? So I, I'm not surprised to see this happening, even if I don't know why. It's literally just a case of, at some point, you know, the uh, momentum is going to build up and maybe this will drop back off or, or maybe it won't. So uh, we'll, we'll definitely follow that next time. I mean, we'll follow it every week. But uh, anyway, we've got the uh, cent in transaction uh, in USD. So BCH been pretty consistently chugging along about $6 billion a day. BTC has dropped off from its... Uh, potential FTX hack highs uh, down to a more consistent sort of 50 uh, billion. So, I mean, I don't, I still don't mind that uh, so much. I think it's definitely interesting that if you look back on the previous episodes, when we were sort of in May or in June, now the graph has zoomed out every time uh, that BDC or or BCH is spiking up to new all time highs, it kind of zooms out the graph. So as time goes on over the next couple of years, that graph is just going to get, keep getting zoomed out, zoomed out, zoomed out. And whatever is, you know, a huge move today in like uh, one year's time is literally just like a a small little uh, dip. So, you know, obviously if you've been in the scene a a long time, uh, have you, have you felt that, that process uh, happening in the, in the community as well? Uh, What do you mean? Like uh, I, for instance, I see the, we have these stats, this process of it zooming out, but you can almost kind of feel that same sense in the community too, I think, where there, there's over time, there's less and less of a kind of center to things, right? So maybe uh, initially when it was very, very small, like Satoshi Dice started, this was a very long time ago, uh, and you could see the on-chain metrics going up and it was like, that's what it is, Right. But now it's just got too big and too complicated. So if BDC is going crazy like this, there's not really any one obvious news thing. Like there's not Elon has announced, oh, I've just bought BDC or, you know, something like nothing like that has happened. And yet there's just been this uh, in the last two gro- two uh, months, it's kind of gone from, you know, being close to 10 billion to now 50 billion a day. Like some whales have just got involved somewhere, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that, that's that's true. That that's what happens. <laughs> it zooms out. Yeah, the world is uh, definitely a big and complicated place. So we've got the news then for this week. I'm starting with this one. Any hedge, they've spoiled their new product, which they have called the Bitcoin Bull. Uh, it is definitely uh, an an interesting thing to, and that's the BCH Bull. Sorry, not the Bitcoin Bull. The BCH Bull. They're making that very clear. Uh, so it's a new project should be going to open beta in early 2022. And the idea is to allow individuals to long BCH against the USD, BDC, gold, silver, Dogecoin, and more trustlessly on chain up to 10x leverage uh, and sort of proving the power of UTXO DeFi because DeFi to this point has been largely the hype has been on sort of account based uh, coins like Ethereum and, and other ones, right? So this is sort of hitting back a bit that you can have these kind of DeFi stuff on chain in the classic uh, Bitcoin UTXO 
model. So I'm I'm super uh, excited about this. I will go on record here to say I'm there's no way I'm going to long BCH against Dogecoin because any uh, any one week it could just <laughs> spike in Dogecoin and you just get wiped out. But against BDC, against USD, against gold, yeah, I might I might give this a go. You know, I, I definitely uh, could 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 see uh, making some gains. Uh, there, not financial advice though. Um, but yeah, I'm a big fan of the uh, AnyHedge company. So, have, uh, what do you what do you think about this uh, potential product? Especially since you said you you were getting involved in some of this uh, DeFi coding as well, right? Yeah. So uh, first and foremost, I I have nothing but uh, but warm feelings towards uh, General Protocols, AnyHedge, and and uh, the guys behind it. Uh, I helped a bit uh, with uh, with math in uh, in uh, in any hedge contract uh, so uh, so i was a, a bit involved <laughs> so uh, yeah i've written like a small paper uh, that analyzed the errors that are getting there because of the constraints that are getting actually removed right now uh, uh, in may um, there will be big integers uh, going to protocol so so the stuff that uh, that like uh, we were really struggling to uh, to like get around like well not well I was trying to describe it uh, the uh, emergent reasons uh, and uh, Jonathan and imaginary yeah they they tried to like uh, they, they heroically worked around the, those stuff uh, and. And I helped estimate uh, how uh, how the errors there propagate towards the the, the results of the contract. Uh, so yeah, and and also uh, well, the entire uh, thing uh, started a little bit, maybe <laughs> a little bit uh, too much, but uh, inspired by uh, a little bit by my work uh, on on covenants because this was you know like the first showcase of what can actually how powerful can uh, the script be with uh, with covenants. Uh, so so there were um, articles. Uh, there were there were like the ten pain article, um, like uh, spending constraints uh, on Bitcoin. Uh, there there was uh, chess by Tob- Tobias Rack who like came up with looping transactions. And I, I put it to work. Uh, I, I made the first example, and and there were like five months between what I published and uh, and uh, and the, like between the fork where we got the OpCDS and uh, and and my contract, and and people were real really uh, like. Uh, uh, Hit hard by the by the harsh word by by the split with BSV. Everyone was ra- rather grim back then. <laughs> and, and and when I published the stuff, uh, people got excited again. Uh, and and yeah, and everybody uh, just rolled their sleeves and got to work. So so yeah, so I have very warm feelings, and I'm very happy. Uh, another working instance of uh, any such co- contract is coming. Uh, because uh, Detok and well, it uh, it closed. <laughs> that's that's a pity. Uh, 
Yeah, but but we're gonna have uh, Bitcoin bull, and it looks like synthetic de- derivatives. Uh, what uh, they were describing, uh, there was an article on Rib.cash that described, and I was like, wow, that's so cool. That that's that's even bigger than than what I expected to be. Um, yeah, so very very, very cool, very. Great. Yeah, I mean, I think it's really interesting to see, uh, like you're saying, thank you for your contributions, uh, by the way, there, then, you know, that that's really awesome. And, and it's just great for, for me to see that these kind of projects coming out, it, it sort of ties together quite a few things. Like you said, it, it's got the sort of the economic aspect uh, of these new kind of financial types of products. Um, which will obviously allow, you know, more adoption and more new services and new things to be built for users. It's got kind of a technical aspect that to get this kind of stuff, you need to have devs who have free time to sit around and think up this stuff and and actually code it up, right, to execute it. There's a, there's a lot of, uh, you know, follow through that it's not just, well, we had this idea, but like, look, here it is and and here it works. And, and that's, you know, really, really great for the scene. And I just kind of wanted to touch on that about you know from right from when I started this show right about nine months ago um, and in some of the earlier episodes I said look if BCH can avoid any kind of fork drama like you said you know with split with BSV or then with BCHA or the original one with BDC all of those things have a huge cost and I think they were a cost worth paying uh, for the you know for the change in the community afterwards but there is definitely a, a cost in terms of people's morale, in terms of the ability to launch new projects, uh, all those kind of things, right? In terms of the community's ability to focus on positive progress rather than sort of fighting amongst themselves. And we can see now that the, you know, things when I said six or nine months ago that the scene will really start to, to flourish if, if kind of left alone with everyone on the same page. We're, we're beginning to see that, right? We've just seen the transactions has been going up. The cent in USD has grown massively since the start of the year and very consistently as well. Two, um, smart BCH we've had recently. That's huge. That's going on. Now we've got this uh, BCH bull. We've got the myth busting challenge that I talked about. And uh, then also on the next slide, this next project as well, the bit balancer. Uh, so all of these things are, are really just, and they're all, you know, independent, but of course they all interoperate and it just goes to show that that given time uh, to, to work its magic, you know, capitalism and free innovation uh, works. It just needs to be that the community is not busy fighting itself. So I'm super, super excited about that. And I think we'll, we'll only see more and more of this um, over the next six months and over the next 24 months, essentially in, in 2022 and, and 2023 uh and it's yeah it's really great when you can feel that that positive momentum kind of uh building in the community i think so yeah let's have a look at this uh bit balancer then so josh green and software verde uh who run one of the nodes uh the node implementations they've released this software bit balancer I think this is absolutely massive. It's going to be hard for me to say how important this is, but they publish a, a, a website, uh, which is linked here, bitbalancer.org, with an explanation and the source code of the working V1. Uh, I've seen interviews where, in, you know, in the past I've been talking about working on this, et cetera, but now it's actually released. So what it is, 
is it's software that allows miners to run multiple different node implementations and check that their blocks are going to be valid according to all the rules of all the different node implementations, right? So for users that aren't too in the weeds with all this, um, you know, historically in Bitcoin, there was one node software, it was called Bitcoin Core. And so everybody ran that software and it always stayed in sync because it was all the same software. But the problem you have then, uh, which is which led eventually to the BDC and BCH split in the first place, was that if the developers of that uh, software, they have a lot of power because they can decide what they want to put in or there might be disagreements or arguments and somebody's, you know, able to merge the code and somebody isn't able to merge the code and, you know, part of the community wants to do something different but they have no way of disputing what gets merged into the code and all these things uh, create a huge, you know, a huge problem that eventually led to a split. So for that reason, BCH has had, especially recently, uh, a very strong philosophy of having multiple node implementations and you can have them in different programming languages, right? So you can have one in C++ and one in um, JavaScript and one in uh, Go and with all these different one in Java, with all these different node implementations that reduces the chance of critical bugs or attacks on the network because uh, you can have nodes that if there was a weakness found in one programming language or in one node implementation, it wouldn't necessarily be in the others. So it becomes uh, more diversified, both from a technical point of view, it's, it's a lot harder to attack. And also from a social point of view, that if you have those different teams that are operating independently, well, if one of them sort of got influenced or bought out, or they wanted to have an idea that the community didn't like, well, then there would already be alternatives where they could switch over to the, to the other ones and kind of vote uh, in that way with the, with the nodes that they were running. But the huge problem with this has been uh, historically, or it hasn't actually been all that much of a problem, but it's a potential problem, is that the miners uh, don't really like to have lots of different nodes because if there's a dispute or a disagreement, they're the ones who are going to take a loss. They're going to lose uh, that money. And if they, since their mining is random and they just find, you know, they find one block and then they find maybe no blocks for a while and then they find another block, if they lose one whole block, worth of uh, BCH rewards, that's a huge, huge loss for them. So to avoid that, they tend to all uh, conglomerate on, on one kind of node to all stay in consensus with each other. But what this software does now is that they will be able to run all the different uh, nodes and therefore ensure the health of the ecosystem in terms of having those different options in terms of node implementations, but without the risk of the the one block from one software being incompatible with another software and then them losing money. So even though this is not a user facing change, like there's going to be no difference to the you know regular person uh, sending around BCH, the actual health of the ecosystem has just, you know, massively improved if this gets uh, widely rolled out. And uh, I just can't say enough how important this is to, uh, protect the the health of the ecosystem and also to note that no other coin has anything close to this they no other coin is even at the stage of having really multiple implementations by independent teams let alone having stuff like this that uh, allows the ecosystem to to operate smoothly like that so that was a very long uh rant but you're you're more of the the developer what, what do you think about this i think it separates the protocol from the software, that, that's that's the thing that 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 
fundamentally that uh, it does, uh, that it separates the protocol from the software. And since the software has to go, go into consensus, come into consensus, this is super important. <laughs> this is like extremely important. And, and that's, as you said, it's, it's the first time, first time that it, it happens in the entire space. And, and until that, we were actually in exactly the same situation as we always were. Like, no, nothing to address the problem of, of uh, an implementation going wrong, like the main, the, the, the lead implementation, the core implementation going rogue. Nothing was done until that. This, this is the actual like a step in, in the direction to decentralized development. And it's the first one in the entire space. And it's, that's a, a, extremely, uh, extremely valuable. And yeah, just big congrats to the team Verde and Josh. <laughs> yeah. yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Absolutely huge, you know, and the, because this, this does a, a number of things. Well, firstly, it, it had to, like you're saying, uh, definitely BCH had, had shown resistance to having the devs captured because obviously we forked away from BDC initially and then BCHA eventually got sort of uh, uh, kicked out as it were. Uh, so there was, there, it, there was working social proof, but there was not rest necessarily working technical you know, proof that these things, they just make it easier and they lower the, the barrier and the cost to if there is an, a need to have another switch, um, that will be even less of a problem and it will cause less drama, uh, essentially. And so that means that, the, yeah, that same core problem that has constantly bugged uh, BCH will be massively reduced in scope uh, in, in the future and it uh, it come it, it builds on a lot of work in the sense that there are right now there is one you know bchn is the biggest node implementation but there are several others and you couldn't be even making this kind of software until you had teams that were starting to 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 make node implementations right that we've got you know five or six uh that's already awesome because no other coin is even close and now we're getting the ability that those other minor node implementations will be boosted up massively by this and it encourages uh it's like one to n scaling right is that let's say if there were more companies coming into the scene i sort of feel at, at a certain point we're going to end up in the long term with like facebook might code up a node tesla might code up a node um, you know, Microsoft, Amazon, like maybe they'll all want to have their own node software so that they, uh, you know, that is customized to whatever their stack and also to make sure they have some sort of input on on what's going on in the ecosystem as this becomes you know, a worldwide thing that every single tech company is invested in. And, and that's just so, so amazing uh, to see really. So anyway, I, you know, for some users who don't, you know, know all the details of this stuff, they might think, okay, I don't know about this. But to me, this is a this is a massive, massive win. So yeah, uh, big, big thanks to Josh Green and Software Verde. So we're winning on the technical front, also winning on the uh, non-technical front with US Bank, who I've never heard of before, but they're apparently the fifth largest commercial bank in the US, announced that they are now going to custody... Uh, Bitcoin, uh, as, which means BCH as well as BTC and Litecoin, LTC, not Ethereum, which is a very interesting angle because historically 
uh, as I've mentioned over and over on this podcast, it's usually BDC, ETH, BCH, LTC. That's the top four that will get in on these kind of not on coin market cap, but on you know actual real world adoption where people actually need to use cryptos. Those are the ones that are proven they have the staying power that a lot of people know and use, right? So uh, for some reason, they didn't really like Ethereum. So they left that uh, out of it. And it just goes to show that crypto is starting to just absolutely snowball. Like people have had such a long window to get in before the banks. So I think if the banks are getting in there now too, and you're still behind the curve, well, you sort of only got yourself to blame. But uh, it's good to see, you know, that the the existing financial system is starting to get won over because they just can't keep ignoring it any longer, uh, really. What do you you make of banks getting involved in uh, crypto like this? You say that... uh that people had uh, the, had their chance and now they're only them to blame but what about my daughter that is one year old uh, well she's got a her? smart dad though <laughs> she's got a smart dad so you can uh pick up some yeah, for but, her and she'll be fine in, in in 20 years time you know <laughs> yeah but what if i wasn't <laughs> smart and, and she was smart and if she was like a great developer one day and and like she missed out because she was born too late. <laughs> well, I, I don't know. That's just, I mean, that is going to be a, an interesting uh, dynamic as well that we haven't really, you know, seen it. it. It hasn't been around long enough, right? But as cryptocurrency goes, you know, go, goes on, we're going to see more and more kids uh, brought up just in this, in this system. Like somebody made a post on Twitter that they said, um, it might have been Kim.com. He said something like, uh, in 2030, kids are going to say, what's a bank, right? Because they're just not even going to be familiar with that. If if you think, if you're born today in 2021, by the time you are nine years old in 2030, with the progress of, of crypto, like the banks are going to be completely out of it, or they're going to be radically different from how they are today. Uh, and probably definitely, you you know, when you're five years old, you probably can't have a bank account or it's a huge hassle, but you can get traded some uh, cryptocurrency very easily. So it will take off among the uh, the youth sort of thing. And uh, as well, the fact that this bank is going to be custodying this crypto, I think that just goes to show that they're sort of trying to find a way to stay involved because it does defeat the point of crypto ultimately if somebody else is <coughs> is custodying your coins like this. But for some people who will feel more comfortable with the bank and they know the bank and the bank is holding their crypto, then they can do that. The only issue will be at some point whether they may or may not get scammed or have some uh, fallout with the bank not necessarily, you know, making fake uh cryptos but at the very least it still helps people to get the idea that this is here and it's here here to stay so i tend to see it as a positive thing even though it is a bit unfortunate that the you know the banks are going to be involved in that way can i pop in here real quick yeah absolutely man so i was just thinking like with uh with the idea of kids getting into crypto um there were like i grew up in a real small town not real like everyone was using dial up until i was like 12 or 13 still um and I was just thinking, like, even in the in in a situation where, um, like, parents forgot their children's lunch money or something, it will be significantly easier to be like, all right, just send me your your Bitcoin Cash address or something really quick, and boom, like, there's no like your kid doesn't need a bank account to be able to get a, a school lunch or something, so that'll be nice too. 
Yeah, there's just going to be all these small little wins that are just going to add up uh, and basically explode the global economy. That's why I'm so excited about crypto. That's why, you know, everybody is. I mean, there's different reasons to be excited about crypto, but one of the ones that I think is massively underrated is at the moment, cryptocurrency is is still there's still quite a bit of friction like in the bch economy actually things are flowing actually kind of nice uh but it's still small but as more and more people get involved the network effect of that just blows up uh and it makes uh it will make just so many small little things uh, like 20 percent or 50 percent or even just one percent more efficient and as you compound the benefit of all those things uh, will end up just with this huge uh, gain in in efficiency in the world, and therefore, you know, the economy will rise and, and living standards uh, will rise for everything. And that, yeah, that's especially true for um, for kids who are sort of excluded from the the existing uh, financial system. So, yeah, really, really, really great to see. All right, so yeah, go on, go on. Uh, there was this brilliant article uh, by Jonathan Silverblatt. Um, Mm-hmm. It was about uh, how to use multi multi signature um, account like uh, like uh, not account but uh, multi signature wallet as a family like uh, pocket money uh, kind of wallet uh, and and he he had like multiple uh, examples of how to call all those. All those multi-signature we, that we call with uh, M of M, <laughs> right? So, so we call it with nerd names, but he called it with uh, with uh, with like the actual use case names, and 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 I think that's very relevant here. Uh, like, uh, yeah, parents want to control their children' money, so maybe it's two out of three, right? So, <laughs> so so that was really brilliant. Uh, and um, yeah, and I, I also think that we will see a lot of those stuff about the banks. Uh, so uh, I think the banks will evolve to be essentially wallet companies that provide a very nice paid wallet that that can uh, do do a lot of stuff, have a lot of services uh, built in, and like a very nice UX, and it's all self-custodial like that's my utopia that's that's what i want to see in the future maybe it will be like uh, flipped over and uh, and uh, and massacred by the real (laughs) by the real life by the people who want to keep this power over other people's money also custodial banks means fractional reserve reserve so so putting your coins in custody means that they will be fractional you yeah. yeah exactly so that's right people are people are going to need to sort of slowly learn that and, and maybe you know i sort of think maybe we'll end up with a sort of a hybrid approach where you might end up with like there's companies now that do sort of you know like yeah two of three type multi-sig where you hold two of the keys and they hold one and therefore you know, if there's certain controls and limits, you know, you can you can put in place and and do things like that. So I, I guess at some point we will see uh, banks, yeah, getting getting involved in in those ways. They are going to be involved. They just have so much uh, power in the existing financial system that it's it's not you know, and crypto is for everyone, so you can't really exclude them. Uh, it's just going to be a case of 
you know, them sort of slowly realizing that this is something they cannot beat or, or get rid of. So yeah, they're going to try and find ways to fractional reserve crypto or something like that. But as uh, education spreads uh, and more and more people understand the whole concept of it, Maybe it still won't ever get to 100%, but it will be a larger and larger percentage of the economy that just will, like, for instance, I'm not really interested in you sending me any fractional crypto. Like it has to be on chain because that's the whole point, right? Like I, I made a Twitter comment this week, uh, which said, um, why would you want, uh, imagine uh, wanting off-chain Bitcoin? Like we already have off-chain scalable currencies. That's called fiat currency. That's the whole point. If it's not on the chain, then it's not really cryptocurrency, is it? So there is no off-chain. That's why BCH is like on-chain to the whole world because it it makes sense. That preserves the whole property of of uh, removing that fractional reserve uh, element to it. You know? Yeah. Without that, the, there's no nothing. There's there's no solution to fractional reserve. Only self custody is the solution here because uh, there's nothing really different about <laughs> about yeah coins uh, and other assets why wouldn't they be fractionally reserved yeah yeah, yeah i have a, i have a, a, a tin foil hat uh <laughs> the conspiracy theory that bch is so low because they've got fractionally reserved on the exchanges but yeah, that's well, my, maybe yeah. I, you know, I mean, but the thing is that that's uh, I almost sort of hope that that's that's kind of the case because if it is, what that means is it, it doesn't, you know, the amount of uh, value is not is not being uh, you know moved around anywhere. All that means is that basically the people who have been buying BCH on the custodial stuff, or maybe other coins as well too. At some point, if if there's a problem there, there's an issue, and that bank boy, there's no bailing people out. That's the whole point. Like that was the whole lesson from from Mount Gox is when they were blowing up. You know, everybody who was outside of crypto thought, "Ha ha, these idiots with their libertarian free market philosophy, blah blah blah." You know, there's no bailout, so they're all going to get wrecked. And and everybody did. <laughs> they all did get wrecked. But afterwards, there was still you know a cap of twenty one million uh, bitcoins and. Whoever ended up sneakily, you know, with the BCA, with the BDC uh, at that time, you know, that they'd got out of Mount Gox, uh, well, that that was it. It was just as good as any other uh, BDC, and the people who hadn't been involved in that weren't. And so, a lot of people learn a very painful lesson. But from that point on, those people would then be holding on chain, and maybe we're going to see that process uh, kind of repeat. But the even if it, uh, you know, when once the um, once the disparity emerges that there is a potential problem, then suddenly the value of on-chain uh, BCH has a premium versus uh, the, these kind of custodied uh, coins because there is no bailout at the end of the day. If that company can't withdraw all their, you know, they can't create new BCH if they've if they've fractional uh, reserved. And, and so if there is a, a bank run on like Coinbase or on any other company they have to be good for it because if they're not well then they're just going to go out of business like there's just no uh no other solution and the rest of the ecosystem is entirely unaffected either so uh well not maybe entirely but mostly unaffected right so um yeah that's kind of the whole point i guess all right so then let's so let's let's talk a little bit about uh maximalism and this is this topic that i I wanted to be doing for a while but I, ha- I just haven't found a good week to them- thematically sort of fit it in. And I think it's good because then we afterwards we're going to talk about 
BCH versus XRG. So it's a nice little uh, combo. So right now, most people are familiar with maximalism in this sort of combo of the Bitcoin toxic maximalism, that there's this sense that people in BTC, uh, especially the sort of more uh, devoted uh, parts of the community, have this kind of attitude that Bitcoin is the one and only coin and every other coin, regardless of any factors, regardless of anything, is a shit coin. That's literally what they say. It's a shit coin. It's a scam. It's just trying to, you know, uh, troll people out of their money. People are just trying to print money for themselves and run scams and all this stuff, right? And the thing is, that's not that's not entirely wrong. Like there is obviously loads of scams in crypto and there's loads of crappy projects that either intentionally or unintentionally are never ever going to uh, work out. But they are sort of painting things with a very broad brush and a very binary point of view where it's just Bitcoin and absolutely nothing else. So I wanted to go over a bit of the history and explain how it got to this point and and what was you know, what, what is the distinction there, right? So that people are clear. So the actual idea for maximalism was originally quite benign and it started in the sort of early Bitcoin community in 2012, 2015, that, that sort of era. And the idea was essentially that Bitcoin is the one and only coin, like it, like the idea persists today, but it was more that there was no problem with other coins, except that people should be very aware that they were, you know, likely a scam, first of all. And secondly, that no other coin would be able to outcompete Bitcoin because if they uh, found a, a cool technology or new things in those other coins, then we would be able to put them into Bitcoin and therefore whatever value that coin had would, would you know, fade away, right? So it was this idea that Bitcoin is a living uh, evolving kind of uh, currency and so if anybody invented something else this in this sort of test lab of all the other coins then we would just be able to absorb any um, you know any quality improvements or anything that was proven in another coin so yeah. that you know and that's I, I tr- believed in that and I you know I still do to a certain extent we'll, we'll get onto that but I was definitely a Bitcoin maximalist back then but that didn't mean that it was uh, all shit coins and all this other stuff. It was literally just like, okay, we can have all these other coins. At the time, Bitcoin was 95% of all the market. And if the something is spiking up, is proven to be useful in uh, another coin, well, then we'll put it into Bitcoin. Now, the at the end of the day, it turned into, uh, and also to say that this was very important to the community at that time because the community was so small and fragile. Compared to now, it's quite... It's big enough that it's hard for the government or companies or whatever to to sort of really attack it uh, too much. But back in those days, it was a real worry that the entire scene was small enough to get crushed. So we kind of needed, you know, Bitcoin to be the tip of the spear with everybody coordinating on that. Because if it was if there was too many, uh, you know, other side coins and people were too fragmented, we would never hit like a critical mass and a critical momentum. Now, when it got to the the block size war between BCH uh, and 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 BDC, eventually, uh, you know, after they split, uh, the sort of distinction in the community did run along these kind of ideological lines, where the BCH side is is still very pro progress. Like they do think, obviously, they were the side willing to hard fork, and they still are to this day. Are looking at okay, how can we improve the protocol? How can we put in this, or how can we? put in that and how can we advance it 
you know, forward. Whereas the BDC side uh, was obviously the side against change that they thought only soft forks, only very limited scope of changes. And those two things have kind of magnified over time. So the BDC side today, you can see in their community is that they're very proud of the fact uh, they sort of have conflated the idea of immutability of the chain with immutability of the technology. And they sort of think we're never going to change it. It's, you know, we we're not changing the consensus rules. Uh, Bitcoin is kind of perfect as it is. All we need to do is build some sort of layers on top. And what is giving value to the coin is the confidence for investors that their money is not going to get messed around with, right? Like might happen, uh, you know, in Ethereum with the, with the Dow fork. And so they've sort of doubled down on this idea that being able to run a node is what matters. And if you don't run a node, then you're not even a real Bitcoiner or you're not really taking advantage of the network. Uh, and you, if you're in any of those other coins, it's basically a shit coin because, uh, you know, Satoshi didn't start it. And because, uh, you know, there will be founders and there will be people who pre-mined coins and all of those things, which is, which is true to a large extent, but it's just kind of missing all nuance, right? And then on the BCH side, uh, there's still that sense uh, that BCH is going to be the best coin. And I, you know, I would describe myself as a BCH maximalist, but that's not with, uh, to anything to do with being toxic or calling other coins shit coins or anything. My attitude is just that money is best with a network effect. And so therefore I will concentrate all my efforts on the coin that has the best chance of being the, the currency for the whole world. And that is BCH. So uh, I don't, I don't mind if people have other currencies or they're experimenting or doing this and that. I think that's great. As long as BCH both a maintains the ability to incorporate, uh, you know, proven uh, advantages from those other coins. Uh, and as long as the community can stay, uh, focused on not changing the things that are really like, for instance, the 21 million coin limit. The BBC side are very worried that if they say, you know, it's sort of a, a slippery slope that they say, oh, well, if you can hard fork and change, you know, uh, the block size limit, well, you could probably just hard fork and change the uh, the total coin supply. Whereas in BCH, it's the, I think it's the opposite. It's sort of like there are some things which the community will hold sacred and will never agree to change. Uh, but that's not enforced at a code level, just at a community consensus level, like the 21 million coin limit. Uh, and there are some things that they're willing to advance and, and progress on, like the block size limit. So that, that was a very long uh, overview of it, but uh, provide some perspective uh, to me here on, on these differences between BC and BCH and uh, maximalism. Yeah, what, what you say, uh, the single main... Uh, thing and incorporating everything that happens on other forks it's exactly how uh, Linux works this is how Linux, how there is only one main Linux there is no another big fork of Linux except maybe uh, except maybe uh, Android right so that that's uh, that's the thing that 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 is actually another branch that is uh, valid uh, and big uh, but but there's uh, even if someone wanted to compete with uh, with Linux, he can't because if if they do something good, someone backports it and it's back there, right? So 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 there is no way you can compete with another fork of Linux. <laughs> so 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 that's how it works here, uh, and and there's a, it's a little bit problematic in Bitcoin because of consensus. 
Linux doesn't have to have any consensus. So what you run is what you run. It's 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 uh, uh, there's no community. There's no community factor here. There's no uh, like everyone has to have uh, has to agree on something. So so there's something uh, that might um, cause uh, problems here. Um, yeah, I, I really uh, like the uh, the feel of the of the the maximalism as you described. It. That's 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 cool. And, and as you said, the, the there are some stuff that are um, super uh, important to the community, like the twenty one million uh, limit. And uh, this is the reason that we'll uh, we'll come to that. That's why I fo- I, I made an altcoin, right? Yeah. So that's why I made an altcoin. Uh, I couldn't uh, propose it as a as a change to uh, Bitcoin Cash. Uh, I would love to uh, have this uh, with the entire massive network effect, but I couldn't. <laughs> and yeah. I think even proposing. The things I, the thing I did on uh, to to create Ergon would be a scandal. I think it would be <laughs> a massive scandal, and and I would immediately become from a, from a nice guy to a, yet another, you know, an enemy, <laughs> another enemy. And, and yeah, I, I never I, I don't I as you see I I I love Bitcoin Cash. I, I never wanted to harm it in any way, so I wouldn't make a proposition to in, include stuff that I. I did in Ergon to to Bitcoin Cash. We'll come to what what I added, uh, but uh, so um, uh, yeah, people create new uh, new coins first and foremost because I think they they want to be those who got there first. They want to uh, be those few winners from the start for those uh, lucky guys who uh, were there in this specific uh, group uh, the cypherpunk uh, community right people want to be those and other people who actually join those like new coins they also want to be there first right so, so there's a dynamics here that 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 promotes creating new coins that promotes, uh, that incentivizes uh, um, a lot of uh, cryptocurrencies and dissolving this uh, network effect, actually competing with one with another. Uh, yeah. yeah. So- and I think on the, on the sort of the BDT side, what the, the, the key point sort of that they're, they're missing, they, they understand uh, in some sense this idea of the network effect and about consistency and about investor confidence and not changing too many things at once. That's good. Uh, And the BCH side, I think largely agrees with it sort of, I agree with it in the sense that I'm not convinced that any other coin has uh, produced anything fundamentally better than Satoshi's idea. You know, I think Satoshi's idea, not only because of the network effect, but also, you know, the simplicity of the design uh, and the sort of the magic uh, formula, which I was uh, listening to a sort of BDC maximalist uh, podcast about last night, which was 
that Satoshi left, you know, like there's some things that you, you, you it's Im- almost impossible to engineer into another coin now. Like yeah. Bitcoin was sort of a once a one shot thing because Satoshi made it was anonymous, never cashed out any of their coins and then left. And you like you even now it's basically impossible to to do that because everybody's following every coin and they know what's going on. Right. So that sort of early, you know, sort of miracle you know, birth of Bitcoin, you, you cannot copy it and, and copy paste it into another coin. So I think it is special in that way. But the important thing is to stay, stay on Satoshi's idea because it was good uh, and not to sort of just like even Satoshi made updates and changes and all that. So I don't know how the BTC side have decided at like what point they just decided this is the perfect amount of change and just <laughs> stop forever, you know. Yeah, I I think that um, in a coin that is not like Ergon, it is indeed impossible to repeat fair distribution as it was uh, uh, done back then. But I think the way Ergon was started uh, and how it operates right now um, is a different kind of fair than Bitcoin was, but it's, it's also fair. And, and, uh, and yeah, I think, I think uh, it's, uh, I mean, yeah, it's hard to say something without like explaining the entire yeah, thing. Yeah, no, no, we can, we can get into that. So let, let me just segue here, here into this then. So the BDC side, and if you go and you listen to some of these, uh, you know, podcasts and things they have now, they're very concerned about uh, fairness and about morality and about ethics. They've built up this whole sort of convoluted industry around convincing each other that they are morally superior because they have Bitcoin, the one true coin, and they're not scamming everyone with all these other like fakes and knockoffs uh, and stuff like that, right? And the BCH community also has some of that because they're like, well, Bitcoin is the one true coin, but maybe they're a bit more tolerant of, of things happening around the edges. But both communities agree on the aspect of, of fairness in the, in the initial distribution, right? So uh, future coins that want to not get labeled into that scam, you know, category have to have have to have some way of working around that. And I guess that was a part of your uh, reasoning uh, with Ergon. So just, yeah, give us a walkthrough. Like I've, I've read the, the Ergon white paper. And I've thought about this a little bit, but for the listeners who know nothing about it, how did Ergon start? What's the fundamental uh, changes and, and kind of how, what's the vision here? Okay, so Ergon... Uh, differs from Bitcoin Cash with one crucial thing. And this is the block reward. A block reward is not constant in every block until it gets halved and, and so on, but it is proportional to the current difficulty. It is proportional to the effort that miners are investing right now. Uh, so so if Satoshi mined uh, Ergon with his CPU for an entire year alone, his coins would be dwarfed by the amount of power that came later. Um, uh, so, so, 
so he wouldn't be like uh, uh, his coins wouldn't be like uh, uh, so he, they wouldn't be so much such a big uh, chunk of the pie. Mm. Uh, so um, what it does, what what actually what what this why this change is significant is uh, it gives the coins a constant value. Uh, I mean the constant constant cost of producing. So the cost of producing is uh, is related to the ener- energy expend mm-hmm. uh, expended uh, on on uh, on mining them, and in the free market, if something is uh, has uh, well constant cost, it will approach the pr- the price of this thing will will approach uh, this cost because. Uh, on the free market, everything get, get gets efficient, so mm. so people get uh, as low cut as they can <laughs> because they want to compete, right? Yeah. And and uh, well, the price should uh, should stabilize, uh, and uh, well, and this way it should become stable uh, in the long term. Mm. Yeah. So that that's the main thing. That the main thing is uh, Bitcoin Cash, but stable. But yeah. without those uh, th- this volatility that uh, that uh, that well I I really like uh, like um, Bitcoin Cash the most during this long period when it was basically static in price it it was like three hundred bucks and plus minus plus minus sixty. Uh, I think I estimated once <laughs> the, the actual statistics it was. One and a half year, plus minus sixty standard deviation, and it was like going going like constant and and to me it was awesome. I was I I, I didn't have any like uh, um, I never uh, I never uh, had this uh, bad feeling after buying something because well. It's still the same coins, right? It, it, it kept the value very nice, and and I like this period. I I, I think I I earned most of my coins back then. Mm-hmm. So uh, so um, this is what I want Ergon to be. I want it to be basically stable Bitcoin Cash. I want it to be simple in the design, like uh, like uh, like Bitcoin. I had the same like uh, programmability for all those uh, um, for all those uh, contracts, the, all the CTX so that DeFi to work there. Uh, I want it to be uh, well, optionally private, uh, auditable, right? So, so have the uh, cash fusion. It works out of the box on Ergon. <laughs> so, yeah. so well, we don't yet have uh, uh, any server. So. If anyone of the community wants to start one, <laughs> that would be great. <laughs> so, um, yeah, and 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 the way I think it's fair, uh, it's when when it's when it is actually stable. Maybe it, it won't reward the people who are in the cypherpunk community in the specific uh, uh, in the specific uh, period. Uh, they were not involved back then. But maybe it will reward the people who are, um, well, 
entrepreneurs, right? So uh, they can do business uh, and uh, and earn those coins that are well, uh, let's say more or less constant in value, but uh, mm, well. This way, uh, the people who serve the community with goods and services are rewarded. So I think that's that's quite fair, and and maybe it, in a way it solves uh, solves starting a new coin in a way that's not, not that, that won't bother people. Yeah. Uh, well, there was no pre mine, so I'm just <laughs> appearing in the system. <laughs> I, I I had to mine my own coins, uh, my my own coins, and bought, buy them from the market. Yeah, there was a, yeah, yeah, yeah. So so I, uh, so I'm a, I'm just appearing in the system, and and I hope there will be a critical mass where where when I can just leave, and it will mm. just keep working. Yeah. So you've got. So I've got here on the on the slide. So from the homepage says, Ergon stable peer-to-peer electronic cash system. And like you said, Ergon XRG is a type of Bitcoin with proportional block block reward that aims to become the currency for the entire world. So I think I think it's a really interesting idea. And I think um, you know there is a there's sort of a proven demand for uh, stability in currencies right so that makes a lot of sense to me right we've seen obviously stable coins have had this huge uh explosion you know in terms of tether and usdc and all these other options and people are constantly inventing new ways to try and make uh stable cryptocurrencies and also one of the biggest hurdles for people to get over when they are adopting cryptocurrency you hear all the time is but what about the volatility uh even caroline who i had on the show last week she said that she said look uh you know my us dollars are my us dollars one dollar is one dollar and i'm happy with that right and interestingly uh that's more a question of of perspective right it's equally true that one bch is one bch uh at all times it's just that the the volatility is higher relative to you know a a piece of cheese right whereas one usd is also volatile against a piece of cheese it just goes down and kind of slowly so that except in hyperinflation people are not noticing those uh changes so I, i i understand the vision of the the stability and I actually think your method of doing it is quite unique because uh, it does solve the uh, aspects where stable coins struggle, which is that basically somebody's still custodian, right? So that's a big, uh, that's obviously never going to work. That's always going to have scams and fractional reserve and all those things that we've talked about. So it, it's uh, smart in that way. But the reason that uh, I sort of, I'm uh, skeptical is you've got here that aims to become the currency for the entire world. And like I've talked about on this show, you know, obviously I think that's what BCH is going to be. And so when you want that to be your goal, it's a very all or nothing, right? It's either you can defeat every single other currency or you, or you've failed basically. And uh, in that sense, I can't see how Ergon will beat uh, BCH because what is missing is the, uh, adoption incentives, right? I think volatility is a huge benefit to cryptocurrency, and it's not that um, it's not that there aren't downsides or or trade offs. But uh, in the white paper, the final line that Satoshi wrote, 
was any needed rules and incentives can be enforced with this consensus mechanism. And I think people struggle to understand that uh, what Satoshi is meaning there, deliberately or not, I think probably deliberately, is any needed rules and incentives means means everything. It means not only that... Uh, you know, the network will come to consensus on the transactions, but also that Bitcoin was very deliberately seeded with the mechanisms to get it to uh, a global reserve currency, basically. So when you think about Satoshi's choices, which was, okay, firstly, to put a hard cap, uh, and so Satoshi even made uh, comments that were along the lines of, look, uh, if, it, if it starts to catch on, it could be a self-fulfilling prophecy because once you have some, if other people see that it's catching on, well, maybe they want to get some because it's a limited supply and then that means more people want to get on and that's the exact process that, that we've seen, right? That, that limited supply makes it so that there is always a benefit to being involved earlier rather than later. And, be, and then if you combine that with the halving cycle, uh, which was not essential. Uh, you could have Bitcoin have adoption as it has without the halving cycle, but the halving cycle kind of boosts it up because by having that cliff where the uh, supply, you know, suddenly cuts off, it creates uh, a shock in the supply demand equation and then means shortly after that there's a huge bull run, which is important for psychology because again, then everybody gets excited and they all flood in and it gets a lot of attention and a lot of, a lot of media. If, if BCH was released on a, like a flat, you know, linear up to 21 million, it would still probably catch on for those reasons of having the limited supply, but it would be uh, a lot less volatile, but also a lot less exciting and drawing a lot less people because it did not have that volatility. And, and to me, the reason that all money in the world can basically be sucked into BCH is because when you have it, uh, you will have volatility, but over time, your expectation is that it will increase in value. And once all the supply has been distributed and we are at 21 million uh, coins, then the, the coins are going to continue rising because the economic value of the world uh, is not fixed. So with a fixed supply and the amount of uh, goods and services rising over time that is uh, encaptured in those same amount of coins, each of those coins gets more and more valuable and it becomes this sort of deflationary economic system, right? So I can see how at every point from when Satoshi launched it uh, up to now and then up to the point where it is the world uh, reserve currency, there's always an incentive for people to get involved once they get over that hurdle of the, the volatility. But the volatility is essential to giving them the reason to get involved. So how does how do you think Ergon fixes this? Or how is Ergon going to outcompete BCH or BDC or any other crypto without that I can get rich kind of aspect to it? Yeah, I think uh, I think uh, for one mm, nobody knows the like the 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 what what will actually finally succeed so so i don't know if ergon will will uh, like win big or maybe it will be a fork of ergon <laughs> maybe it will be uh i don't know something something completely else maybe it will be bitcoin cash uh, yeah. i think we have to uh, try a lot of a lot and a lot of stuff to actually nail it and uh, Yeah, um, I think the, there is an incentive to buy and hold uh, Bitcoin Cash, but there's 
way less incentive to offer goods and services for for Bitcoin. Uh, we struggle with the actual real world world adoption, and we we see a lot of well um, payment processors arising that immediately turn your coins to USD, and that's like completely counter. Uh, it's, it's completely pointless in my opinion. It's not like the real adoption. It, it won't result in uh, closed circles. It it it's well. It's just using Bitcoin as a payment processor. Nothing more. Uh, that's that, that that's not what what we want. That's not what we aimed for. And uh, I think that's a problem. And that's what's what's what what might uh, will break this uh, entire uh, vision because people will earn dollars and then exchange those dollars into uh bitcoins but more of a like i want to accept this much risk so i will invest in the, this as a such and such fraction of my holdings mm. it's more of an investment uh, uh, this way than you know, people balance their exposure to risk um, by making their choices about their investments, right? So so what I think Ergon encourages, well, maybe maybe not yet, maybe it's, there's no no, uh, critical mass here yet, Uh, but what I hope it will encourage is is, uh, offering goods and services and being that will be denominated in ergon, not not in dollars, right? Because where you, wherever you go, even when where there is a uh, where there is a um, Bitcoin accepted, all prices are still in dollars, yeah. and 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 you pay different amount of bitcoins <laughs> depending on what happens on some exchanges way over there, right? Like, why would it affect you? But it does. Uh, so, so what I think Ergon would, uh, what what's uh, what's uh, different here, and what might be like the the key change is actually allowing for uh, the unit of being the unit of account, essentially right out of the box, because. Uh, I'm making a store <laughs> right now that will sell uh, some merch. Uh, I, I bought some uh, stickers and I will be sell- selling stickers uh, and they will be denominated in Ergon. The, the prices will be in Ergon in, in this my little store. <laughs> so so I hope this will come. Mm, uh, and well, I think Bitcoin has way more value in, inside of it than only the the, the promise of the pump. Uh, yeah. I think Bitcoin gives you this um, uh, this freedom uh, and an ergon is basically distilled freedom out of the Bitcoin <laughs> and, <laughs> and we have only this and don't have the promise of the pump and and maybe it will click. I don't know maybe it will click uh, maybe it won't. It, if yeah. it won't, I will be very sad because I I put a lot of my life into this and 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 yeah and many other people also uh, helped me and and did some stuff uh, and and, uh, and yeah we have growing <laughs> community developers join 
and it's 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 starting to be fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, that's awesome. Like, uh, you know, I I really hope uh, Ergon succeeds. Definitely, you know, I mean, I might get a little bit, and uh, I'll try out your your store uh, once it's ready. You know, for my own curiosity, but the. Uh, I think you've identified a lot of uh, really, you know, big problems, right? So for instance, what you're saying about the prices being denominated in, in USD, I agree that's a, a problem and it, it, the, it's especially a problem because it doesn't, it prevents people from grokking the concept, you know, the idea that eventually there will be no dollars. And as long as there is some, you know, prices still set in dollars, then it's very hard for people to imagine a world without it and you can even see like peter schiff is the classic of this where he now can't deny that bitcoin you know people have stored value in bitcoin over long periods of time that they're trading it for things so now his final argument uh, is basically that yeah but they're not setting the prices in in uh, bch or in bdc so i'm personally doing sort of my bit to try and fix that by setting the price of the early release of this podcast in in bch so it's fixed there and then it's set I'm only kind of able to do that because it's only relevant for one week. Uh, so it is still, you know, it is still a bit of an edge case, right? I don't expect that to be the thing, but I don't see the uh, denominating in fiat currencies as being a uh, critical weakness. And the reason is because you can very easily separate those three functions of money where people can store their money in BCH, they can uh, transact in BCH and just think in US dollars right up until the point where, you know, everybody is just the final, you know, 50% of the exponential, whatever, where everybody is just uh, flipping over and USD value is just going to uh, zero or, you know, on an asset going <laughs> down forever. And at that point, people will have to start thinking, you know, the value in USD will be uh, plummeting faster than the volatility in BCH or, or they're kind of two sides of the same coin. So people at that point will start thinking, uh, actually in BCH. And the reason is because they will not want dollars anymore. So right now I and you, you know, because both of us are, you know, in, involved in crypto, if we were going to make a deal, neither of us really wants USD, right? So uh, one of us is happy to send and one of us is happy to receive USD for whatever kind of, uh, no, I mean, uh, BCH for whatever kind of uh, products and services, right? So really all we need to do is to get everybody into that same uh, mindset and that's also why being uh you know you don't really need to be aggressive against any other coins because it doesn't really matter if those other coins give people the idea of not trading the usd that's all like that's a win for every single cryptocurrency which is why it's good to have you know dogecoin like people can get excited about dogecoin maybe they don't care about bch but that dog they like that dog and then they want to trade that instead of the usd and then that gives them the idea oh okay cryptocurrencies have value and then eventually they'll you know as they start to use it more and more they'll discover problems with those other coins like high fees or lack of adoption or whatever and they sort of find their way into um bch at sort of the bottom of this uh enormous uh funnel so i i'm interested if you think the volatility is a is a key aspect so i mean we even talked about any hedge today so if if we're coming to a world where it's likely that the um you know the any hedge team or any other team uh, we can imagine could invent a wallet where you could have a little flip you know a little switch that you flick that you can pick any other asset you want so usd or dogecoin or gold or silver or whatever you pick denominated in that 
you set, you flick it on, you can flick it off at any time probably, but while you have it on, uh, your BCH is then locked in a smart contract. You know, uh, you and I both know how any hedge works and uh, against the other parties, you know, and if your uh, contract liquidates, you just auto uh, assign into a new one. And given a large pool of people using those, uh, using that system, the fees would be very, very, very small and the liquidity would be very, very high. So under that scenario where you could then fix BCH against the USD natively on chain uh, and at almost no cost, does that eliminate any need for Ergon or for stable coins or, or other solutions like that? You know, as you said before, Bitcoin is super simple. Bitcoin is extremely simple. And, and, and the contracts, the contracts, they are not simple. The contracts are, are, are complicated. They're, they have a lot of moving, moving parts. They have oracles. Uh, I can imagine uh, an oracle that does uh, uh, like a balance, uh, a basket of goods. And you can denominate in in potatoes, right? You can that that, that might be even more stable uh, than uh, than 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 dollar, right? Because because the well everything is with all in all everything is denominated in potatoes. Yeah, exactly. Cheese, said, right? so, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so so the stable. So, I mean, the any hedge. Uh, as I said, I, I have only uh, warm feelings uh, here and w- warm words, but it, it's not yet there for one. It's it's not ready for 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 this. Uh, we're not here. It has to essentially bootstrap their own uh, network effect. It's a separate ne- network effect from Bitcoin Cash. Uh, I mean, it is easier to get into uh, any hedge when you have it, but. But uh, there are uh, no merchants yet who would accept it. Uh, the contract is still, uh, it will change. I am quite convinced it will change, but, but the contract is not yet uh, transferable. Uh, the contract um, can't still, still can't be non-custodially rolled if I'm, uh, I, I, I am like 90% sure it can't be rolled uh, non-custodially yet. Uh, so it's uh, hot, hot wallet, uh, right? So um, even if you like, it will resolve to your cold wallet, right? Because it can resolve to your cold wallet. It, in principle, you could do it that that you will roll it over without going through another. Uh, I mean, through going going through your cold wallet, but but. It's not implemented yet, and I think having this and transferability under the current uh, under the current uh, script restriction might be might be hard to get. Maybe after we have active we have the activated the uh, the, the, the the introspection upcodes that make uh, covenants first class citizens, <laughs> right? So so it it will be like single opcode instead of this uh, enormous uh, script that we have to go through by doing this uh, with uh, OpCDS. Um, uh, yeah, so I, I don't think it, we're, we're, we're here. It's, it has a lot of moving parts. It has oracles. Um, I made a meme. I made a meme uh, with, uh, with uh, uh, Omniman uh, and... Uh, and uh, the invincible 
uh, who uh, uh, and the Omnivan shows the the um, the uh, the planes flying. Look how much they need to get to the fraction of our power where yeah. Omniman was Ergon and those were uh, automatic ma- market makers and oracles. Right? Yeah. So, so yeah, they, it needs a lot of moving parts to get where Ergon might be pretty soon. And Ergon is there for since like five months already. Um, yeah, we're... Yeah, that, that's 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 what what I wanted to say. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I mean, it's a, it's definitely an interesting idea, and, and like like you're saying, we we definitely aren't there yet, right? That's no nobody has any uh, bones about that. Like certainly, they you know, there's a lot of engineering, right? You and I are both software engineers. Like, there's a very big difference between oh, we can just build this and like it's actually delivered and working and, and ready in production, right? Especially once you add for any hedge. Uh, or for Ergon, or for any cryptocurrency, the aspect of there also needs to be consumer habit change. You also need economic liquidity, right? There, there's a lot of like cogs that need to all click into motion uh, before the system is running. But my uh, sort of take on it is that uh, BCH, you know, I'm convinced that it that those things will exist. Maybe they don't yet, and there's a lot of engineering, but they they will exist. Uh, so that that can sort of be added, whereas then on Ergon, it's sort of the opposite case where you've got the stability now, but you can't reverse engineer the adoption incentive, uh, which BCH has. There's no amount of engineering uh, which can add that in if you have committed to having a, a, a stable currency and that that uh, essentially Ergon, uh, like the way you've done it, it, it's it's smart in that it lets the later ad- adopters are not getting sort of scammed by the early adopters which is what you were saying about it being fair and that's true that is fair i don't i don't think uh, scammed is a good word but maybe rewarded rewarded uh, yeah. proportionally right yeah. i mean uh, there's a guy who made a a, a really great um payment processor, self-hosted payment processor, it's better than uh, BTC Pay. It accepts mm. uh, Bitcoin Cash, and now it accepts also Ergon because I added it there. Uh, yeah. So that's that's what I built uh, my, uh, my store on. Mm. Uh, and, and this guy, he's very young. He's... Uh, uh, he's like, a, you know, this child, child pro- prodigy. Uh, and... and and he did the, this awesome project at the time when Satoshi dropped the paper. He was five years old. Mm. Like that's crazy. I mean, I mean, he's brilliant. But 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 you know, you say it's fair that he like 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 those people were meritocratically uh, meritocratically rewarded. But but this guy wasn't even like reading yet. I mean, maybe he was. Sorry, I don't know, Alexi. <laughs> right? So maybe he wasn't reading because, because I, I mean, I, I, I learned how to read very late. Well, uh, we can't, uh, we can't uh, unwind, you know, the advantage of time. Like, I mean, it's just true that on average in society, older people are richer. Why? Because they've had longer to get rich, you know, like yeah. uh, no cryptocurrency is going to solve well maybe your cryptocurrency uh will then like you're saying you know you have gone contrary to that and you have uh advantaged or or, yeah stabilized it sort of for people that come in later instead of people who come in earlier 
but it just seems to me like literally the way the entire world works is if you were there earlier and you were there first, that gives you an incentive to, you know, propagate the system and that's how something survives into the future. And then, well, I mean, we're going to see a society is going to come to a huge issue uh, where the balancing factor of that is that then older people die off and then younger people are born, right? But if we get to life-extending technology, there's kind of some worries that the people who were alive at the point that we got over that hurdle, well, they would acquire a lot of resources and then they could just be rich forever, you know, because there would be no generational uh, transfer. So maybe Ergon will come to be recognized as a stabilizing, maybe all the young people in an immortal society would agree to adopt that because they were already locked out from the, the people who'd been there uh, before and who weren't going to die off and transfer down that generation. <laughs> once. I don't know. We're getting very into the, into the sci-fi, sci-fi uh, <laughs> right here. Um, yeah. I don't know what will click. I, I really don't know what will, uh, because the, there is an ultimate ultimate uh, enemy and this is fiat currencies right so this is our our arch enemy and, and this is what we fight and and i think the world is big enough for uh, a lot of things to be tried maybe maybe we're not even um maybe we're not even um you know doing this right from the perspective of uh, clear uh, uh clear ledger maybe the, the the what will click is is something derived of, or maybe uh, derived of from uh, from monero i don't know maybe it is because people want this fungibility as default because well if you're if you're not knowledgeable enough you're still protected maybe this is will click i don't know i don't know i don't think so but but maybe uh that, that's that, that's also another try and and I think the next uh, the next slide we have is yeah is, yeah is let's that. let's uh, let's move on then you know anyway the, just to wrap up all that you know I'm very glad to see this sort of free market innovation so uh, I fully support your your efforts to try that but uh, I'm, I'm still betting on uh, BCH but we'll see we'll see uh, definitely yeah, yeah. Uh, prove, I mean, prove me I wrong have, <laughs> I still have majority of my wealth in in Bitcoin Cash uh, can't lose smart man yeah because uh, you know Ergon is small it won't even it, it well the the market capitalization is is, is 3,000 right now mm. 3,000 right wow no pre-mine, so so there's no no <laughs> such. Yeah, you haven't as, pumped uh, it up with the uh, supply yet. Yeah, you can't pump it up uh, because because there was no pre-mine. It's it's all mined by the miners over the last five months. Yeah, <laughs> right. At the at the cost they uh, they sell it, so yeah. it's not like someone mines That's... and then you're too late, but maybe still can extract some of this value and d- then dump on those newcomers. Right, nothing like that will happen. So it all it, it all starts with uh, well. Yeah, you've definitely fixed that uh, aspect. Of it. So yeah. Anyway, let's just uh, move on because uh, I know you don't want to uh, go go on forever. We 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 need to keep a time limit. So. Uh, the community comment of the week. So I always pick a community comment of the week. And it just so happened that this week uh, you were going to be a guest on the show. And I also I thought this was a great, uh, great comment to to bring in. So the comment is from uh, you on Twitter. I wonder if, uh, you know, <laughs> you can have you read it. But basically you said, as a member of the BCH community, I'm very happy to see attempts like this and hope the experience will be used to improve the privacy. Big thank you to the Monero community. And this was in response to somebody who had said, uh, that there was this thread on Reddit where a Bitcoin Cash user uh, posted in the Monero subreddit offering twenty dollars 
to uh, try and trace the transaction to sort of uh, assess or demonstrate, you know, how private was uh, BCH, right? Uh, and it, so it took about 12 hours or less uh, for the Monero community to say, look, here's your transaction. We found it, you know, good luck with your sort of privacy coin uh, BCH, right? And the key sort of element to it uh, was that the, the person who was doing the test, they were sort of interested in this scenario of like Facebook stalking, right? That nowadays we've moved into a world where if you've just met someone a little bit and you've added them on Facebook or something, then you can sort of go browse around their feed and see what have they been up to and sort of stuff like that, right? And sort of thinking, well, if we had blockchains with all this uh, transparent information, is, does that mean financial information is going to be the same as those Facebook feeds where you can just go browse around the blockchain a little bit and find out what they've been doing? So he, he did put the transaction through a cash fusion to increase the anonymity. But what also happened was when proposing this challenge, it said in the description, uh, and I, but the money I spent was I spent about this much at this sort of uh, merchant somewhere because then if you think of that same scenario it might be like if you and i went out to lunch and we were both at this place and we you know paid some uh bch to to buy our dumplings right then uh <laughs> then then you would you would already have that knowledge right just casually this is not we're not talking about you know the government uh you know hackers or whatever targeting you we're talking about just a casual you and somebody else somebody might acquire this knowledge of how or where you were spending what amount of of BCH. And I think that that was part of how it was found was because they were able to look at the blockchain and say, okay, we know it was at one o'clock, you know, at this cafe. So if we look at the, all the transactions, you know, roughly in that window, we can see, well, what one would, would kind of match up. And then maybe they sort of backwards tracked it through the cash fusion to the original uh, transaction. I sort of felt like that was what had happened, but uh yeah, what what did you think think about this uh privacy on BCH? Yeah, I, I also did a test. Uh I attacked my own cash fusion, trying to reverse engineer it, uh like to check how good my privacy is. Uh it was I don't know, maybe a year and a half ago, maybe longer. Maybe longer, yeah. Uh but uh but uh, what I what uh, yeah it, it was it was quite early in uh, in just when cash fusion was ready in uh, in electron cash uh, so what was what, what I was able to do is to trace three three possible transactions just like this guy this guy they had three matches of how. Uh, how the uh, how how you can recombine all all those uh, outputs of uh, of uh, the, the enormous cash fusion transactions? I got about three matches, having a lot of information. Uh, three were were indistinguishable. I mean, th those three were like uh, like uh, they matched exactly. Um, and I sort of knew that that uh, one cash fusion transaction is not enough, and I have to uh, wait for wait a bit uh, for them to fuse well. Um, but uh, this is this was not the case for for this person. He didn't know that he has to do it, and and I think this is a 
this is a user experience problem, a big user experience problem, and I am very happy that it was exposed. It's not a fundamental problem, to, to, to say so. It's not a problem that, that, that says, well, we don't have, we don't have to uh, try anymore. It's, uh, it's all going to garbage uh, and, and, and uh, this solution just sucks. We, we, we never come back. So, so uh, Steph uh, for privacy uh, who posted it, he sort of said it this way that, that huh, those cryptocurrencies, uh, but I think the right reaction for, for, for such a, uh, for such an exposure, uh, for such a, for, for such a situation where, where they say, look, there's a bug here is, yeah, fuck, we should fix it. Uh, instead of, yeah, we shouldn't do that. We should just, just, yeah, you're right. Thank you for making this thing, this thing better, for exposing the stuff that we need to work on. That, that's, yeah. that's, that's, that's what our reaction should be. Yeah, I agree with you. And that's why I thought it would be a good comment of the week was because I really liked this this whole uh, scenario where the BCH and the XMR community were kind of cooperating like that. I thought that was that was great. And it just sort of ties into, you know, we talked about maximalism and different coins, you know, calling each other shit coiners and all, all that stuff, right? It's, it's ultimately we are all trying to build a new, you know, better economic uh, system. So it is really nice when when those communities can, you know, come together for the benefit, uh, you know, of, of each other is because ultimately we want to get to the, the truth of it. And I think for all of um, cryptocurrencies, which generally want the option to be as private as possible, you don't want that necessarily to be enforced, but somewhere in the scene, there's got to be some strong uh, privacy tools because that's, uh, that's pretty essential to a free and open uh, society, especially one that has more and more people, you know, trading cryptocurrency all the time which is just yeah one final point i wanted to make about this that uh it was sort of part of the you know even though there is, is a transparent ledger on uh bch the privacy and anonymity sort of does increase uh with adoption so the more people that are using it the harder and harder it is to find these matching transactions not only because you have more uh transactions to look through so more potential matches but also because then there'll be more people doing cash fusions and more and it sort of quickly explodes like that so that's another reason that it is very important that we uh spread adoption and we we get the system the system actually improves with use rather than uh you know decreasing with use. so that was another smart move by satoshi to have that okay all right so we're getting into the last two segments of the week that we always have this week meme of the week is from ludovic lars this one's a bit more of a intellectual <laughs> meme of the week so it is a picture uh from the analogy of plato's uh cave i'm definitely not a philosophy major so I'm sure I'll mess this up. Somebody can comment in the comments if they know all the details of this. But essentially the idea, I'm familiar with this idea, which is that Plato basically said that we're all sitting in this cave in reality uh, and we're looking at things in the world which are really just um, shadows on a wall uh, and there's people sort of manipulating things in the background to cast those shadows on the wall and to keep us hypnotized. And this is actually quite 
uh, pertinent, you know, I mean, in the modern world, we almost have this literally exactly happening with social media and with TV is that there's the wall and there's the images on the wall and we all sit and hypnotize by that, right? So uh, his analogy to people was to reach sort of enlightenment or intellectual understanding. They needed to understand that they were looking at these shadows on the wall and they needed to get uh, escape out of the cave uh, and but out of this fire, which was this kind of fake light that was creating the, the shadows and get above ground to where there was real light and they could see the real world and not be hypnotized by these shadows. So that's, you know, you need to have a very high understanding of this uh, philosophical concept to, to get this meme. But I, I did have, I did know a bit about that. So I thought it was funny. So in the meme, it is this picture of the people sitting in the cave, watching the shadows, and then uh, some of them escaping out to the light. And the meme is that the people sitting in the cave uh, are called bag holders and they're watching the shadows on the wall, which is the price. And then the people who are manipulating the, uh, the, uh, the shadows are maximalists uh, and the label on the little tools they're using to make the shadow is stock to flow ratio. The fire that is casting the light is store of value and the people climbing out of the cave and coming up to see the sky above is peer-to-peer electronic cash. And this does, it's honestly a very clever meme. Like it does perfectly match Plato's analogy, which is that all these BC maximalists that we've talked about, they're obsessed with the price and they have this stock to flow ratio and they think, oh, therefore we're understanding uh, and the store of value is their kind of reasoning, just like the fire here is projecting the light and they think that's the truth but really it's just sort of a mirage uh because kind of uh we didn't really get into all the details but like we were talking about with bch versus xrg you need to have that medium of exchange element we definitely both agree on that 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 is the primary thing if you can't send it and spend it to people then there's no point like there's you can have uh, a rock and as if you just put it in your room it's not going to get more valuable. The value comes from the fact that everybody else wants to trade it, right? That is the fundamental uh, concept. That's why Satoshi put the bit, you know, Bitcoin peer-to-peer electronic cash system in the white paper title. But the BDC maximalists, uh, the bag holders, they have been fooled by this stock-to-flow ratio stuff. That value comes from doing nothing uh, with it, right? So, uh, yeah, did you, <laughs> have you seen this meme? Did, do you know about Plato's cave? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so uh, the Plato's cave was a metaphor, but what Plato actually uh, like said uh, was uh, he imagined that there exists like another world of ideal things, and and this was like only a metaphor for for what he actually uh, <laughs> was saying. So he, he was putting a shadow here, <laughs> and uh, what what it makes me think is that. As you said that mm, the price is there to make the um, make it spread, right? But but maybe this picture is what you what you end up with if the price becomes uh, like 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 if what you, what you're selling is different for from what you're what what you want it to be right so that the incentive becomes the the most important stuff because that's how incentives work uh, and um, and maybe maybe coins uh, that promise to pump because all of them promise to pump will always 
evolve evolve to something like this, uh, to something like where the price is what rewarded people and it becomes the main uh, the main theme. And you know, we're in Bitcoin Cash. Uh, Bitcoin Cash was lagging with the price, so we sort of we're sort of con- conserving the, the 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 fundamental like ideas here. Uh, and if Bitcoin Cash goes big, if it, it blows up and it becomes and there is like a massive inflow of new people, right? So if there's a massive, then our voices will no longer be relevant at all. The only thing that will stay is the built-in incentives in Bitcoin Cash. And and the incentives are, are exactly the same as in uh, in BTC. And we've seen uh, when, when there was those price uh, uh, swings uh, up uh, recently, We've seen a lot of new people coming in, and and, and some of the uh, community channels became well unbearable for me because they were like, "Wow, when when moon, when moon, and stuff like this," uh, and, and our voices, like uh, our memetic uh, memetic uh, structures, will not be heard in the future where Bitcoin Cash wins. So, so there is a risk that Bitcoin Cash will become the same, like like uh, uh, the price which will lead the people in. This is what they will want, and and they will only want the price, and and they will not care about peer to peer cash dynamics. And I mean, I this kinda, is this is true, yeah. Uh, I, I think, don't want to cut you off, yeah. Yeah, uh, sorry. Uh, I think I I. I I, I think. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. All right. Like, I mean, I think, I think you're right. Right. It is inevitable. And especially this was, you know, where I left cryptocurrency largely, I was keeping an eye on it, but I was not super involved between about 2017 and 2020 towards the end. Uh, and then when I came back, that was the most surprising thing to me that it had become, uh, you know, things had gone from a social revolution of escaping the fiat currency and whatever to just uh, overwhelming money, rich, you know, fiat, how do I trade in and out? Like that had just swamped over absolutely everything, like you're saying, um, because the it's the exponential is like a, you know, it's like a pyramid. <laughs> it's like a expanding uh, phenomenon, right? So the later group of people is always bigger than the earlier group of people. So obviously if those people come in because they're attracted by the price, then, uh, then, then that's what will keep them there. I mean, I think the where I would dispute it is I think that I think that uh, Bitcoin Cash will be able to survive the peer-to-peer electronic cash vision because what will happen, you're right, is that there'll be a big price spike and a lot of new people will flood in. That's what will spark their interest. Um, but they, the problem in BTC is that sparked their interest and then there was no next step. It was just they all came in, it, they all were keen on the price. And then the voices in the community, the ones that had been there a long time, you know, in this case, the ones that were left behind after the fork, who were the ones who didn't get it anyway, funnily enough, they just continued promoting that digital gold, we're all getting rich, digital gold, institutional adoption, you know, so that uh, narrative was never corrected, right? Whereas in BCH and earlier in Bitcoin before the fork, you were able to have people come in, oh, wow, this is really exciting. I just want to get involved because of the price. Uh, 
and then they would learn from the community. People would say, yeah, no, it's good. The price is going up. Yeah, yeah, we're making money. But uh, it's about trading it. And have you thought about how do our systems of money come about and how, you know, and all these things, right? And it doesn't need, it doesn't, it's not a numbers game because if you have people who are influential in the community who already have a big voice, well, one of them can speak to, you know, 10,000 new people coming in and not all of them will get the idea, of course. Some of them won't get the idea. They'll just want to get rich and then at some point they'll sell in and out. But the even uh, it's, a, it's a process where you go from not knowing about crypto to knowing about crypto to wanting to get rich to knowing about crypto and getting ideologically sort of aligned with it and, uh, you know, uh, involved in it. And people in that middle camp, they, they come in from the left side and then they are involved. And then if they, if they never graduate past that point of understanding it's about being rich, eventually they go back out onto the fiat side and then they come back in and they can go through that loop as many times as they need to until it finally clicks to them. Wait, I should just have all my money in crypto basically and just spend it. And then, so even though it's a very slow and a very painful process, especially at scale, it, it does work. Like there's now, you know, more people, especially in the BCH community, because that's such a strong focus and it's literally baked in as deeply as you can, that the community has fought so many battles over just this one thing uh, that, you know, at some point the, the narrative, the pool of people will be big enough. Maybe it's when the entire world is onboarded that um, everybody will get the kind of get the concept properly that's my hope anyway uh but can i hop in again here real quick yeah yeah go ahead so i think this kind of goes back to what uh i mentioned to you before we started this podcast i think like as a middle ground here it might be important to focus on controlling not necessarily controlling it's like this big bad thing but like maybe influencing these particular narratives and especially for newcomers because like yeah, we can we can play like ring around the rosy with fiat and crypto all day, but there's not going to be a point to that if like um I don't I suppose it's like I don't know if I'm in involved in crypto cuz I want to see you know the world adopted. Like I I like the choice for me personally. I'm not well, I I need to think about this a little more, I think, but but I I think to to be in this middle ground, it's important to have uh, a little a more of a foothold on the narrative because if we do get more people in like they're not even going to listen to the people that are currently influencers in the space we're going to get new influencers that aren't going to have a clue about the history and they're not going to care well that's why that's why we saw like with elon musk it was such a train exactly, wreck yeah. because he was you know sort of uh on the global influence scale he already was like a heavier hitter than pretty much anybody in crypto up to that point uh, you know, and there are bigger ones. Like last week, we were talking about Nicki Minaj. Like there will be points where those people who already have a huge following, they figure out, you know, whatever they figure out and they want to get involved. And then they start making a point and then suddenly millions of people that's, you know, are listening to them as that is their authority of, of you know, how this all works and everything, right? And so we are going to see that um, that process definitely for sure. But again, for the same reason uh, that I was talking about, it's not a, it's an exponential thing. So like, for instance, with Andre Jick, uh, when he recently did that video and he got most of it right, obviously not everybody will get it as much as he did. But uh, the point was that he is one guy and he only needed to 
I don't know what research he did or who he talked to or what he found out, but he figured it out on, on his own. And then he spread it to, uh, you know, hundreds of thousands of, of people, right? So let's say if Nicki Minaj suddenly gets popping off on Twitter and, uh, well, you know, this is cryptocurrency to 22 million people. Well, all that needs to happen is for Nikki herself to have one person that uh, either that she seeks out or that finds her one way or another that just sort of gets her the idea, right? And then, and then that will change to her message to all those 22 million people. So by influencing sort of those key nodes in the network, uh, it will spread to everybody the right idea. Uh, diluted and, uh, you know, spread around everywhere, obviously, but it, it will work. And that's why the, the key component of Bitcoin Cash and the reason that I'm believing it so much is it's, it's a combo of the actual fundamentals of the network, like we talked about with the rules and how simple it is and everything combined with the, the community, because ultimately the community is what makes the coin and the Bitcoin Cash community are the community that are so hardcore and will not budge off the idea and will invest, even if it seems like lunacy to any of the other coins. They w- I would rather have one person join the BCH community who gets it, has read the white paper, understands everything, than 5,000 people who just are buying because it's the pumping coin. And that's why BCH has lasted against, you know, we saw Shiba Inu is coming up right now, but that'll be gone in, you know, two months or two years or 20 years. I don't know, but it will be gone. But BCH won't be. And, and that's the difference, I think. So the the thing that I think is like the thing that's like sticking out in my mind that might <clears throat> hurt all of this, because I agree with you completely. But I also think it takes 10 times more effort to refute bullshit than to start bullshit. And all it takes is one idiot to come into the space with a lot of influence to talk out their ass. And we have a hundred new narratives that we really don't have a whole lot of control or influence in dispelling. And that's a lot of um, like brain power just wasted. But it will survive. Obviously it's, yeah, it will be a bit of an unfortunate scenario if or when that, that happens. But the point is that it's a one way transition, you know, nobody's going to convince you or me, uh, you know, anyone on this call, anyone I've had on this entire podcast, you know, anybody uh, who is, who is once you've clicked, like, okay, we're getting out of fiat currency. It's peer-to-peer electronic cash. You're trading it. You send, It's as simple as even just showing people. That's what I try and do when I onboard people is sending them, you know, $1 from my phone to their phone and then explaining, look, see, it's not, it's not a US dollar or anything, but if you hand me this uh, dumpling and I send you that money, we've just created economic value outside of the system. Like you cannot go backwards in that in that cycle. Once you've got that point, you've got that point. No matter who, what idiot comes up and starts explaining away, uh, the whole point is that that core is just slowly, slowly like the Spartans. You know, like that. The one of my favorite shots in that video is there's just the three hundred Spartans and they're coming out of that passageway and they're just stepping over all these like dead bodies. So this is oncoming horde. Like it doesn't matter how many people are in that horde because the Spartans are never going to switch sides. It's just, they've already there, you know? So I'm not, I'm not as worried about that really. It's going to be annoying. It's going to be a huge hassle to get through it all, but that's why we've got to create educational resources like this, you know, podcast to maintain the signal basically. You know, BTC also had that. BTC also had the exact same thing and memes have, have this property that they evolve. What spreads best spreads even better. So, so you know, if if the price, 
uh, it will go up, uh, spreads way better than Bitcoin, uh, that peer-to-peer electronic cash and no hype, but utility, uh, freedom and stuff like this. If this spreads, it, it really might be hard to keep it in check. And, and we've seen it, we've seen it de-evolve before and it might happen again. I was even recently, uh, I booted myself from a Telegram group. People were like, you know what? We should make some hype and hire shields. We should totally hire shields. Why, why there are no shields for Bitcoin Cash? Why there are no, not enough marketing? And I was mocking them. Like, uh, I made a meme. I posted the meme and I was arguing with them. Uh, and people were like, why is this community always uh, attacking those who want to help? And why is this community always uh, uh, so um, so uh, against making money? Actually, why is why is everything uh, always a, a charity here? We should uh, stop being such a commies and actually promote the shit out of this out of this coin and. and and, and, and I, I had enough and I left. And, and I'm afraid that's, that's the, the symptom of what I'm talking about. And, and like people like month or two months, months ago were promoting uh, this uh, Satoshi game, Ponzi, uh, like, like the open Ponzi, which means it's, it's, uh, it's uh, MLM. Literally, this is a multi-level marketing because new levels of Ponzi. If they know it's a Ponzi, then it becomes um, multi-level marketing. So, so people were hype about that. And what gives? <laughs> I mean, why? Why? What happens? And yeah, I, I think it it might be a much bigger problem than you think it it, it might be. <laughs> I mean, we'll see. I mean, I actually, you know, I liked uh, Satoshi Pyramid. I did, I did an episode on it and then maybe this is where you and I sort of disagree, right? Because I guess, uh, and this comes back to BCH versus XRG, it's those same things that that we're uh, talking about, right? I, I understand, obviously, you've got to have stability and at the same time i agree with you you don't want to have all these random shills and like whatever that's just pointless that's not the point of what we're doing here but there is to me there is some area in the middle where having you know having the ability like the number one reason anybody adopts cryptocurrency since the early days has been ideology that they were like fuck the system you know who needs fiat currency, all these people, who cypherpunks, all that stuff, right? That's the number one reason. And the number two reason is I want to get rich, right? But uh, just because that number two is a great marketing tool and it gets a lot of people interested, that's like the hook on the line is you get that first thing will get people interested and then they give it enough time and it's very messy and very hard, but eventually they start to think what is actually going on here and they're already sort of halfway there that cryptocurrency is valuable. And then they learn the background and the history and whatever. And interestingly, we're now at the point where cryptocurrency is big enough that a lot of those people who wanted to get interested just to get rich have kind of got involved. Like I now talk to people, I'm thinking of a couple of people that I've onboarded recently who I could tell them until I was blue in the face that it was going to make them, they wouldn't care. But if you tell them, oh, okay, about the you know currency system and, you know, it's a cool new concept rather than just a, a money-making scheme. So maybe the opposite will happen, right? Maybe this is 
probably not once a big price mania starts. Maybe I'm being a little optimistic there. But in those uh, intervals in between, there are going to be more and more people who are just curious about the technology and the, the economics and, and so forth too, I think. I, I don't know. Yeah, I hope so. I hope so. Yeah, I, I really hope something will click. Maybe maybe Ergon will be spreading too slowly. Maybe it, 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 Maybe people just won't value the freedom without the pump. like like, uh, maybe maybe you need a need need the the hook to hook someone up that's what maybe you don't (laughs) maybe maybe you do maybe you don't we'll we'll see that break it breaks stuff maybe it changes incentives in a way that that was not anticipated well well i guess uh i guess we'll see it'll be interesting to follow over the next uh year or two you know maybe you can come back on the show and give us a you know one year or a update uh onto ergon that would be uh definitely interesting all right so then yeah, I'll second be, i'll be there crying and say all of us and it will continue up to 500 years from now for immortality <laughs> the immortal coin yeah okay yeah. so uh final slide then uh well second last slide message to the community uh you know every week the guest gets a chance to talk to the bitcoin cash community slash the listeners of my podcast really any thoughts advice feedback criticism encouragement story point of view absolutely anything can be related to what we've discussed or not open slather what what do people need to hear what do, what do they need to hear yeah uh message to the community huh hmm Peer-to-peer electronic cash. <laughs> focus on, yeah, focus on peer-to-peer electronic cash. Yeah. The shortest, <laughs> simplest message to the community that I've had on this show so far. And yeah, that that that's it. That sums it up, right? It was in the white paper. You know, XRG, BCH, it's all the same thing. Just peer-to-peer electronic uh, cash. Yeah. Cool. I think, yeah, we've already talked a lot about what people should or shouldn't be doing on this uh, show. So I'm sure people have had uh, plenty of uh, advice and and stuff uh, on that front already. Okay, cool. So then that pretty much uh, will be wrapping up the show then. So thank you all to everybody for listening. Thank you to the donators who can donate in the world's best currency, Bitcoin uh, Cash. The slides and resources are at bitcoincashpodcast.com. I do have an FAQ that I've written there and I'm working on some more stuff in in that regard. There's recommended resources and all that stuff there. So if you want to help somebody get the actual idea of cryptocurrency and not uh, just price hype or something, hopefully people will find those resources useful and they can show them to new people and they can read their segments there. What about volatility? How is it used in peer-to-peer commerce? Blah, 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 blah. Uh, I don't know if a lot of people are reading those. I do need to track those stats, but uh, at the moment, you know, the information is there, at least some of it or my best attempt. So people can use that if they find it um, useful. As always, you can subscribe on uh, YouTube or on noise.cash on Twitter, follow the latest uh, feed and episodes, whatever I'm thinking about um, that week's Spotify, Google podcasts, all of that stuff. Um, But yeah, thank you for coming on the show, man. And uh, do you have any final shout outs? Uh, If you want to, you know, hype your uh, Twitter or other Ergon, you know, where should people go to find out more about that? Uh, Yeah. Anything you want (laughs) to pump. Okay. So uh, uh, 
thanks for having me. Thanks for having me. And uh, yeah, I think uh, people who are into, interested in uh, in Ergon uh, and like the idea, um, like the distilled peer-to-peer electronic cash without the hooks. Uh, so uh, then head up to ergon.moe. Uh, so that that's mo. We, uh, means of exchange, right? So ah, I wondered <laughs> what that was exchange. about. Okay, Ergon. <laughs> yeah, so that Ergon means of that means of exchange, right? M O E. So uh, yeah, check that uh, out. Our, our most active channel is Telegram, so probably that's okay. where you should look for the uh, for the community. All right, cool. Well, any uh, future XRG uh, adopters now you know Ergon dot means of exchange and the. And the Telegram. Jet, any final thoughts or uh, is that going to do it for the show? Uh, Not to be offensive to any of our previous guests, but I think this has been my favorite podcast that I've produced so far. Uh, Yeah. um, I I really like the allegory discussion too. That was was fun. So thank you. uh, Thanks, Doug. Thanks well, yeah, <laughs> that's uh, that's that's definitely nice to hear. And I mean, it's one thing about this uh, podcast as well that I'm very self-aware of is that it, I'm trying to cover a very, very broad spectrum uh, of, you know, for people who might be listening to this show for the first time, who never know anything about cryptocurrency, you know, literally they just heard a friend of a friend, whatever, and they just tune in. Uh, and then also, you know, part of the founding mission of this podcast it is for the hardcore like i think uh, definitely that some of that stuff we were talking about in the middle there maybe that's why you enjoyed it is you, you you've got to have a lot of uh background knowledge to understand all what we were getting into there but if you have that knowledge they, these are the kind of conversations that were sort of missing uh when i started the podcast that i thought you know we need needed uh more of and i mean i do think hopefully um i've not found another podcast that is as <laughs> as hardcore about crypto as this one there are a lot of good uh, cryptocurrency uh podcasts but the the real hardcore is in bch there's just no way around it if you if you're not in bch then and have you really understood crypto yet you know not according to me but uh we'll see T- time will tell so yeah anyway uh final sh- yeah thanks for everyone to listening and uh until next time Darling, can't buy nothing for